face to face is looking right back at me It's easier to leave it all It's easier to fake it Welcome to 5 Simple Questions. It's my podcast. It's designed to let people hear what we may already know, or that sometimes what we need to be reminded of is that connecting with one another is really what it's about. All right, good morning. I am kind of having the best Wednesday of my life. Uh, In terms of the best Wednesday I've had in a really long time, I guess I should say, somehow you all listening are lucky enough to get to hear my absolute best friend, Wynn Taylor, sit down with me for five simple questions, which is in season two. And y'all know Wynn already. And in a lot of ways, Wynn is a character that y'all started to know through the interviews from season one, which I've had so many people say to me, Wynn, when are you going to sit down with Wynn? I want to hear what she has to say. I want to know her interview and so on and so forth. So Thank you for doing this. You're the world's busiest person. This is not easy for you to swing on your schedule, and I literally cannot thank you enough. You are welcome. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I just, you know, it's funny because you and I are such good friends, and we do so much talking from, like, the ridiculous to the serious to the, you know, crazy irony in life. And thank goodness most of it's not recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Although I want you all to know that for a long time, and we've actually had a lot of people encourage us. So this is not just some made made up idea between the two of us that we should do our own Uh, YouTube show. (laughs) And basically the premise would be people would call in with bizarre stories or interesting scenarios. And when, and I would give a running commentary on what and who and how the shakedown of that actual situation should be. Um, when you're known in every circle as one of the most hilarious people on the planet, your sense of humor is like world renowned, like your personality, (laughs) but you're also an incredible writer, incredible mother, an unbelievable, just deep rooted friend. There is nothing that I feel like I couldn't go to you and say, all right, trench, walk. I don't know how to do it. And you're like, all right, I don't know how to do it either, but you're going to walk with me. I'm going to walk with you. You got this. And so that again is another major reason why I wanted to sit down with you today. So you're so sweet. I'm excited. I, um, you know, my expertise these past few years is being completely vulnerable and I'm just not really good at not, you know, saying how I feel and, um, expressing, myself and so yeah and of course I love to talk and with you yeah <laughs> more than anyone <laughs> one, one of our favorite commonalities <laughs> um I do want to say a couple things about what Wynn has done for me and um a handful of months ago I wrote this little storyline out to some people that had touched my lives or my life and Wynn was one of them and I tried to identify the characteristic that I most treasured about them oh, this was and so sweet. I forgot about what this. Wynn has taught me in this life and I have chills telling y'all and I, I really shouldn't have chills because I'm getting over a cold that Wynn has hooked me up on my remedy list which is Zycan snap sticks which <laughs> I, I don't even I don't think they're called that but they work <laughs> It's a swab in the nose, which sounds disgusting, but somehow with the, the floral and menthol infusion, I feel like a new person. <laughs> and then she jammed me up with a medicine ball, which is a total 
under the radar menu item at Starbucks. A secret menu item at Starbucks, yeah. <laughs> How in the world Starbucks, one billion zillion dollar successful company worldwide has secret menu items? Only Wynn would know this. So back to the, the reason that Wynn has this element that really sticks with me. She is vulnerable. You heard us talk a little bit about vulnerability in that interview with Sarah Frick, but the lessons and the path of vulnerability really were taught to me by my friendship with Wynn in the last three to four years. I remember some situations that started happening on the regular, and I was so astonished by her truthfulness and her ability to not worry about anything else except for what she was thinking and what she was feeling, and she registered that as completely okay. And so in that same sense that you have vulnerability, you had this like growing sense of self-love that I was like, wait a minute, aren't you scared that someone's going to judge you or say this about you or think this about you or you know imply that? And you honestly, I never even had to say those words because it was su- such an inspiring moment that all I wanted to do was spend more time with you, listening to you, articulate and take that courageous path because that's just not easy and for for me I had thought in my mind that there was only one path and that was the path to make it look all really good all okay and keep that optimistic spirit no matter what and when I started listening to you I realized that actually the braver thing to do and the more honest path is being honest with people that you love and you feel comfortable around and then judgment doesn't have any place at the table Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like Mm -hmm. I felt like I was looking at myself in a new way and I was looking at you going wow this is what I love about you so and I think that there comes a time I mean I'm definitely not alone in this that you know I just had no choice you know I just had a, a turning point that I had to um I had no choice but to kind of work through some feelings some experiences and uh, part of that was just being open about that with friends and Mm -hmm. it's too it's too hard to do a lot of that alone and um and um I think that when you go through experiences in life you have a responsibility to share with others because the more honest we can be about it you know the more that kind of um ripple effect of um you know commonality and and being able to connect with other people um so you just hit you but you basically hit on one of my favorite foundations for this podcast which is sharing your story with and with other people ultimately Mm -hmm. spreads Mm -hmm. strength and wellness in a way that you can't do it any other way and that's what this is about you know a lot of people don't know what i know about you or what your answers will be to these five simple (laughs) questions but someone's gonna be tuning in going oh gosh i I, I totally agree with her i feel exactly the same way or i never thought about it that way right so um all right let's go all right number one one of my absolute favorites because i'm such a ferocious reader (laughs) (laughs) um Tell me something that you've read that's changed your path or your life. And I mean, you are so, you're so well read in a way that you don't let details miss you. And so I'm dying to hear what you have to say. Well, this is going to really surprise you because Sandra and I talk about um, what we're reading all the time. And I don't think I've ever told you this. In fact, I think one other person knows this. When I was thinking about this, you know, for the listeners, you get the questions. Obviously, I've listened to the podcast. You get the questions. And this is you- why I'm with her this morning, y'all. She is a freaking dynamo. No. <laughs> okay. So you get the questions. 
And I tried not to think too much about it. So this could be as natural as possible, but this is something that just kind of has been revealed to me in the past five years. And so about five years ago, I had a pretty life-changing experience and uh, up until you learned to roller skate, uh, well, that <laughs> and a couple of other things. Tell, um, us, what, tell us what the other things were. I mean, um, about five years ago, my marriage fell apart and I went through a separation and divorce. I had four young children and um, kind of um, forced me to not only face what was going on right then, but just kind of deal with a whole host of experiences that had led up to that point. And it was kind of, you know, it's where my path changed. It's where my journey changed. It was, you know, I was broken and put back together. And up until that point, when I faced adversity, I always leaned. I was in some pretty intense, intense Bible studies. I read Christian literature. And I found myself at a point where I was really angry with God. And it's hard for me to say that mm-hmm. because uh, obviously, you know, I'm a friend of God. He's a friend of mine. You know, I, um, I was you really, like his sandals. Uh, <laughs> like those for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I found, um, I always found peace in Christian, Christian literature and I was really mad at him. And I, you know, when I would pray and kind of scream out to him, he would steer me away from traditional Christian literature. And this is when Everything got a lot broader for me, and he for for me, and he was bringing me um, all these authors and speakers. You know, every time I turned on the television, or books would just kind of um, come to me, and it was you know people like Brene Brown and um, y'all. That's the universe, and I know y'all heard us talk about this. When and I do this a lot, uh, looking for the the signs that are right in front of you. So when she's saying that, y'all get it. Y'all know exactly what that means. It's the obvious. It's in front of you. So yes. And so, you know, um, Marianne Williamson, A Course in Miracles, Gabrielle Bernstein, and these are people that were never on my radar before. Um, I, I, read, Tully, I read these books because of you. Um, Paul Calejo. And um, these, you know, God was kind of sending me the message, you know, you're not really seeing me for who I am. And so we've got to take it. We've got to take it back. You've got to look broader. And all of these people, some are Christians, some are not, they all speak about spirituality and God, and they all believe in a higher power and someone who's in control. And so I was reading all these authors that had the same common feeling that there is someone in control of your life, and you have to tether your soul to someone um, and, and that force. Um, but they all had different avenues there. And it was almost like I needed to start big and then narrow. He was like, you know, this is God, and let's, we'll work our way back to Jesus. But right now, we're looking at God. And um, even though I wasn't reading Christian literature, I kept coming across this scripture. And it happened so often in the past five years that I put it on a post-it note on my mirror, and I would write the date every time I would see it. And I love this. <laughs> as many nights as we've been getting ready in your bathroom, I have not gotten to see this. I love it. And... Um, it was Isaiah 54, um, no weapon. I think it's 5417. And um, please oh, forgive me, um, <laughs> some um, religious scholar or biblical scholar or theologian is going to tell me that I'm totally misinterpreting this. But um, it was not possible. <laughs> you are that religious scholar. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> and um, it was uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
And I kept thinking, when I saw it once, I was like, okay. And then kept seeing it, kept seeing it. And I kept thinking, what in the world are you trying to tell me, God? Like, I don't get it. This doesn't apply. I, right. I can't, I, I would think and think and think and figure, try to figure out how it applied. And I knew that he was trying to send me a message. And last year, I just was, sit, I sat down in prayer and it just all of a sudden came to me that, you know, I was broken and part of me being put back together was putting away the Christian that I was and the, the Christian that I was looked at everything that I was bad, I was wrong, you know, it was full of guilt, full of shame. And so all the weapons were fear and um, anger and things that I had formed against myself. And he healed those things and he replaced them with something better. I was sad. He showed me how to find peace. Mm-hmm. I was angry. Uh, he showed me how to... Um, how to com- combat that. I was lonely. He made me a better friend. I was shameful. He helped me let go of ju- judgment of others. Um, I was, so was sad. you know, um, I was just, I felt hopeless. He showed me how to encourage other people. You know, um, he showed me how to find joy in ordinary moments. Um, and it was like the weapon was myself mm-hmm. and he had to, put all those weapons down and, you know, give me kind of new armor. Well, so when, say, say the verse again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's right. So I, I, I literally, as well as we know each other, I've never heard you tell that story, which makes me feel really great that you're sharing it this morning. I instantly have an image of a shield that like literally forms. Those weapons that you describe are so synonymous for so many people with fear and then the shield is so synonymous with love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, that, I heard that it boils down to two things, guys. Mm-hmm. is love and fear. Mm-hmm. That, and that is, that's it. I believe that every, every action, every reaction, every, um, every moment, every emotion, every relationship, you can put it into two columns. Did you react in love or did you react in fear? You know, does it fall under love? Does it fall under fear? And That's I, was, I had a way longer fear inventory mm-hmm. than I did love. You know what? I don't know what that is because, I, again, a handful of years ago, I started to, and I think it has something to do with age and life experience. I started to connect with that fear was a, just a daily um, presence in my life. And it is for every human being. I get it, ones that, you know, use their brain and their heart. But I started asking people like you, like other, you know, close friends, do you ever wake up scared? Do you ever mm-hmm. wake up fearful? Like, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. How do you diffuse that? What do you do? Um, well, and, it's human, right? It, right. I mean, I was about to say, I didn't feel like I was, you know, super alone, but mm-hmm. I wanted other people to start telling me that they also mm-hmm. knew this word. And now that was, you know, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like now through a lot of what you and I have discussed as friends, a lot of things that you've told me to read and conversations that we've had, I have, I have like systems to balance that fear now. Mm-hmm. So like when it comes up, I know what I need to do with it to exercise it out mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But um, I'm now going to kind of think about my shield because mm-hmm. that, I mean, and, and also P.S., it's a great accessory. Absolutely. Yeah. And God's love is the ultimate accessory. Ah, I love it. God's <laughs> love is the ultimate accessory. You're so right. And, um, you know, another thing, sidebar, that I have always admired about you is that you have an innate ability to, 
long distance shop, which I think deserves <laughs> a total badge of recognition. Of course, but I what, have to touch everything. Right, you're tactile. But what it is when you're when you do shopping is you're able to find the coolest, prettiest, neatest, most interesting, oh most God. unique thing out of any setting. And I don't care if we're at a farmer's market <laughs> or if we are in like just an incredible uh, high end fashion boutique. I'm I'm always amazed at women's ability just to go straight in and grab oh grab the coolest. And I just you you're just, such you're, <laughs> you're just so uh, creative and fashionable like that. So it doesn't surprise me that you got a badass mm, shield. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. So I love that that is something that changed your path because yeah. now it's changed mine too. Uh, what do you believe in without hesitation? Um, you know, obviously God and and the whole that we were talking about that everything falls into love or fear. Um, but, you know, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I, that's another thing that um, God's been telling me in the past few weeks is reminding me that, you know, your journey is your own, your path is your own. And you and I talked about this, that you can't compare your journey to somebody else's. And I think that I lately have, you know, as feelings come up that are uncomfortable, you know, just, you know, everyday battles, mm-hmm. feelings come up. And they're uncomfortable. And I think I, I will have that feeling that I don't have any right to feel this way because it's not nearly as hard for me as it is for this person. And, you know, I remind myself, you can't compare your journey to somebody else's. You know, your journey is your journey. I don't like the notion of people saying, oh, well, God can give you, gives you what you can handle. Because I think that's a little bit kind of elevating self. Um, or so That's a really interesting perspective. I agree with you. I think... It's not necessarily that as, you know, you're on a path, stay on your path, do the best you can. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the farther you go along, the more experiences you collect, you have, um, you know, you're better equipped to deal with each situation. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're constantly learning and gr- growing, but just kind of stay in your own, stay in your own lane. Don't, don't look next to you and think they've had it harder. They have it easier. How are they reacting? Is this how I should react? Right. I think you were only equipped enough to react the way that we're supposed to, depending on, you know, what we've been through. So are you saying that without hesitation, you believe in your personal path being your only method of transportation? Yes. Yes. And that's one of the best answers to that question because it's so broad, yet it is so specific. A lot of people, you know, come, you've heard interviews where they've, they've come up with other like, you know, single concepts and those are great too, but if there was a net that was going to capture a larger way to approach that, that's a great way to say it because that's being present-minded. That mm-hmm. means your path is your path. It's your present state, and it cannot look like mine, and it cannot look like hers or his. Mm-hmm. And you and, I, <coughs> you and I talked about this, is that you, you in well, any like given situation— I want a case study all yes. the time. I say that. Like, yes. give me a case study where this situation happened. Yes. And you know all that's asking for is, like, a crystal ball. Right. <laughs> and acting like we're in control. Oh, God. Yeah. And we're not. And gosh, I want to be. But I'm not. And, you know— I think, you know, how did we spend so many years, especially I can say from like 22 to 32, like how did I spend that many years ballpark thinking I was in control? Right. I mean, could you, oh my gosh. didn't you think you were in control Absolute, at 25? Absolutely. Hey, and all my 25 year olds and, and younger, you're not. you're not in control and it's such a shocking development, <laughs> but it is so nice when you realize that yeah. somebody else can take the yeah. wheel. Well, and, and leaning into, I think once you start one going, one, once you start going through, you know, you know, aging and going through, you know, um, parents being ill, 
the, you know, you have, whether it's you, um, you know, children, losing children, losing parents, um, friends losing parents, um, divorce. I mean, all, all of the things that as we get older that we're inevitably going to go through and accepting that life's battles are as certain as life's blessings that you kind of, you know, it's, you accept your journey and mm-hmm. I'm not in control and this, you know, and that's a really is, good thing. Life is going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, God's going to, God's going to equip me with what I need to, you know, the lessons that I need to become who I'm supposed to become. And isn't that so exciting in the same way that Lucy Boland doesn't keep a calendar because <laughs> every day is going to be a surprise yeah. and maybe there's a dental appointment slip, slipped into that point. Um, that's <laughs> which the, is one of my favorite stories I, from the podcast. I agree. <laughs> but it's exactly what you're saying, which is there, that sense of turning it over, that present mindedness mm-hmm. is what's giving you the ability to be surprised, be amazed, stay in the moment reach your full potential in whatever mm-hmm. the objective or activity is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It does get me kind of excited because I do feel like diamond bracelet, unicorn, what's next? It, it could be anything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, that the, the life experience is a, it's a perfect age we're in because we are starting to, starting to see and feel um, all the things mm-hmm. as Rochelle says too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So one of my favorites it's not anybody's favorite, I know, because as Stephanie Burnett says, I don't like any of these. I don't like this question. I didn't like any of my setbacks. But what is your favorite setback, goof up, hurdle, speed bump, whatever you want to call it? What What is your favorite? Which is another way of saying, where's the silver lining? You know, that it's so funny because, again, uh, you know, five years ago when um, Max's husband and I decided to separate at a six-month-old, a three-year-old, and two five-year-olds. And um, I don't even know, looking back, how it happened. And for the next two years, I spent so broken and so angry and so everything just kind of all over the place. And I kept hearing and reading and, you know, you're going to be grateful for this. You're going to be grateful for this. And I was like, no, I won't. <laughs> I will never be grateful for this. And gosh, I am. I mean, I gained such perspective. I, I am a better mother. I'm a better friend. I'm a better every human mm-hmm. because of that. I and, totally agree. <laughs> and I, I lived it with you yes. in a way that, oh, oh, by the way, up until a few months ago, when and I, lived across the street from one another and now we're only 0.7 miles away and essentially in the same neighborhood but um when she is talking about this Mm -hmm. I was across the street she got to see all of it which was not I was hard to love probably um during a lot of it I totally disagree the hard to love I I, I know that's Mm -hmm. self-deprecating what you're saying but um no what I saw was the warrior in you Mm -hmm. and you are so like it just it was really it was really watching a person that you love rise up, and that's how I started waking up, period. Mm-hmm. You inspire me <laughs> to wake up. Yikes. This is life. Yikes. You get one. Mm-hmm. Live it and live it all out. And that was the bravery and the vulnerability that you showed during that period of time, I believe, was the catalyst for you being one of the strongest mothers I've ever met, one of the best loving friends 
I've ever known. You could not have known how to sharpen those tools. I mean, period. Right. And, and you couldn't have had the relationships that you have now. No. Had this no. not challenged no. you. So you With, think the divorce was without period, qu- without question. Setback. Absolutely without question. I mean, to this point. And what I've was that like? Like, like divorce? I mean, because we, hey guys, we live in a we live in a growing Renaissance driven Southern town, and um, I mean, you were one of the absolute first people to go through something like that in, in a southern town. And, and to me, I think that there, it took even more. It definitely, you know, at that point, it's all a blur. And I mm-hmm. don't know really how it happened. And it was all... Well, um, that's God's gift. Just like childbirth mm-hmm. and divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they blur it up. <laughs> and um, Exactly. And, but I just remember I had no other choice. Um, and and th- this was not, I, I'm not saying... It was not, I'm not speaking to my ex-husband, but I'm speaking to the experience. I mm-hmm. knew that within me, I had no other choice. I didn't know why I was there, but I knew it, I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And every Did single day. Did that give you strength that you could not have found otherwise? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, you know. That's the armor. Um, I knew that there would be a clear sign if something different was supposed to happen or if I was supposed to go a different way. But every thing um was just very clear at that point um in my life and it had to be because I was um I, I was exhausted like I said I was I was sad I was you know frantic I, um but I just I knew this is what I had to do and um yeah, it was hard. I mean, it was hard being here, but it, and that, but that helps you let go of what people think. If you if you if you know without a doubt that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and you're right with God, and mm-hmm. you don't really care what people think. And for everyone listening, that's an appliable formula for anything in life, and mm-hmm. that's I think what we're talking about this morning. Honestly, is that present mindedness is really all you need to mm-hmm. stay in your pathway. Mm-hmm. But that I mean, that's you had the tools, you had the armor. Yes. Yikes. Well, um, you know, and I definitely, you, you come, you come through something like that change. You can't, I mean, you can't, uh, not. Mm-hmm. And obviously nobody dreams of this for their family. I certainly didn't dream this for my children, but I think that, um, you know, I'm definitely the best version of myself. Which makes your children the best version mm-hmm. of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to see. And I, I think that you told me, uh, it's, you've told me many times, but you remind me when I need it most that, Sandra, when you are happy with you, the people who love you and are around you are happier. Absolutely. And that, Absolutely. That's and it's not hard. selfish. That's as a not, woman yeah, and as a, and as a mother. As a woman. As a mother, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you, you know, we're just so often put yourself last and take Mm self-care whatever it is it doesn't have to be a big life-altering event Mm self-care for a woman and for a mother is so important because you can't be good to anyone else if you're not good to yourself I know I I literally I I think that's so important and it's something that I'm trying to focus on um it's kind of a daily Mm -hmm. process and some days it's easier to to do that you know with all things considered but um, it makes a huge difference in everybody's lives when mm-hmm. I do. All right. So name a person that has impacted your life, but not a relative because you know, the deal mm-hmm. season one, we had a lot of that, like uncle, brother, dog, sister, mother. I get it. I love all those people too, but I want to know somebody who has like really 
like impacted your life in a way that now you know that you could not have kept going or you can't keep going without that person having mm-hmm. come to you and just, and this could be the you know grocery bagger. This could be <laughs> your mailman. Any, anything, anybody, who is this person? Um, this was, this was hard. And I started to think about, you know, is there a wrong answer? And I definitely, like I said, I wanted this to be as natural as it could be, but I thought about this ahead of time and I kind of talked over it with Thomas and he said, um, that, you know, one of his favorite things about me is that I like to be part of a team and, I think it's the only child in me that, yeah, that, that's, you know, that that's, makes sense. that's definitely true that I liked that I've collected this team of this team of incredible women around me, you obviously being one of them and, um, that I have this just great support system and that I draw inspiration from Do you each. believe that everybody has like a quality that yes. makes this unified yes. team? I mean, there it is, it is. What kind of qualities are you seeing in that team? It's so clear that I have different people that I call for different things. I have, you know, friends who are just like, you know, kind and honest who I know will give me, you know, an an unbiased opinion. Or I have, you know, friends who are incredibly talented and creative. Um, I have friends who, if I'm feeling irrational and emotional that I want to call, I have friends that have known me forever. And then I have friends that you know, our new friends that are, you know, following me. Yes. Mm -hmm. That are in the same season of life that I'm in. And, you know, we kind of are going through the same things at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have friends like you who I love to be silly with. (laughs) And then... If um, anybody's ever had to sit near us at a dinner party, I'm so thankful, but sorry. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, um, it's just, I have this just collection of people um, in my life that, um, in the past, I'd say since I became a mother, um, and especially in the past five years that have been just a great support to me. That's a really, that's a really important way to answer that question. Cause I think a lot of people wonder about that. I know that now that group of people in my life is so different than like the way that group of people, I've always loved people, but like the way it looked when I was, you know, 23 or whatnot. Um, you have always been social. Same for me, I would say. But now that tribe, as I call them, yes. it's literally, it's I have to be essential. Knowing. It's essential. I got to be knowing how I can get in touch with those people almost at any given time. Yes. I also need to know like where they are in the world. Yes. I need to be knowing what's on their calendar for the week. And it's in, yes. it's in a way that makes my heart like rip open mm-hmm. because I just love them. And I, their schedules mm-hmm. are now my schedules. Like and they're think, important like that. I think, you know, it's just, the, you know, the age that we are, you know, we're going through things that, um, you know, having that support system is, it's essential. It's essential, yeah. you know, more than, more than, than it's ever been. Um, I think being a parent, it's essential to have people, um, like we said, you can't compare your journey to anybody else's, but gosh, I need advice for some, from somebody who's been there. Yeah. Um, and with that core group of people that have impacted your life, mm-hmm. I'm now realizing that their advice mm-hmm. is really what I trust. Right. If I'm finding myself in a place where I'm not clear, mm-hmm. that's who I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, I, and for whatever subject does, I know who to talk to with that, which to me, I'm like, how in the heck... You know, could I have right. ever done it without, without them? Yeah. Or this this particular person in this particular moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I know. Um, 
that we're kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm jumping off the questions real quick because I know who you are and how inspiring you are to other people. So don't kill me for this because I know this is not something that you thought about doing. But when is there like one thing that if you were to sit down in front of people who ha- ha like were looking for impression or or guidance or peacefulness within themselves, if there was one message that you could kind of pass to them in a package what would that message be and I know I know you're killing me right now because y'all can't see her but this she does this is not a five simple question <laughs> this is not the zinger but it's y'all you've got something that I just again the where you have led me in my life in the last five years oh I couldn't have done this I a group of people are sitting in front of you what would you tell them who need I, to hear the truth um to live a more peaceful life. I think one thing that we've already already touched on is that, you know, everybody's going to go through stuff, you know, that's coming your way. Um, but don't be you scared can't, of it. Yeah, you can't, you can't control it. But you just kind of have to go along and gather, you know, learn from each experience and... Show up. Show up. And you, you, can't get, you can't be scared because there's no... God's going to find you. These things are going to find you. There's no way around them. You have to go through it. You can't go a different way. You have to go through it. And the oh, second thing... I love you. <laughs> Give me the second thing because I just never thing, want this to Well, end. the second thing is a lot lighter. And I, this is something that's just kind of come to me in the past couple of weeks uh-huh. is embrace your chaos. Life is chaos. Embrace your chaos. Um, I listened... I, I was, I'm listening to Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And she said something yesterday about the people who live the most peaceful lives, something I'm paraphrasing, yeah. um, are people who embrace their chaos. It's the people who have... Um, the most chaotic lives that you would, and I think, I, I, I think most of the time I'm pretty peaceful. Yeah. I think people would look at me, I'm, I'm pretty peaceful. I have four children between the ages of um, 10 and 5. Um, my house is by no means neat and tidy. <laughs> um, I've got two cats, a dog. Um, I just moved. I'm all the time forgetting things. I, yeah, I had a snake in my house the other day. <laughs> I, I have all kinds of chaos. And I think the reason it works for me, and I think this is a God-given thing. I, I think I have four children, single mom, totally nutso schedule. And it's just made me throw my hands up and say, okay, God, this is it. I, I, uncle, I, I, this is what my life is. I totally embrace the chaos. Jesus, take the wheel. I don't really care if anybody thinks I look like a mess. My kids look like a mess. My house looks like a mess. Like, you know, I'm forgetting things. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't keep a calendar like I should, which is a lie. I do keep a calendar. But, um, I don't read my calendar. <laughs> I forget to check my calendar. Is that I, I embrace the chaos. And that is, that leads to peace, which sounds like a contradiction or an oxymoron or whatever, but it's, it's knowing that life is chaos and being like, okay, whatever, God. Just. I, I, uh, I love that because the way you describe that whole situation really is, it's, it's like, it's your truth. It's the way you just set the stage to look so, um, accessible. Like people can see that stage and you're saying in that stage, there is a peacefulness because it's your stage. And so you're kind of owning that. 
Um, what's my What's your favorite thing about you? I know Thomas's favorite thing about you. You are a team player. <laughs> you're you're, you're a, a team, team player, I like in a, a big way. Like, hey, it's Friday night. What are we doing? Yes. Oh, uh, whatever. Whatever, buddy. We're doing. We're doing. I think I, sp- you know, like I said, being an only child, you just you spend so much time alone that you just love being with with people. I my. I, this is hard. And okay. you know, I just started practicing self-love not so long ago. Um, so Did I send you that thing that Sarah Frick sent me? No. Okay. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. And then I'll post it on five simple questions. It Okay. So um, school was not ever easy for me. It was not um, my favorite thing. Um, but written expression has always come easily to me and come very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's my favorite thing that uh, about myself. And uh, I like to write. I don't do it as often as I would like to. But when it, I, I love to write letters to, to friends. Mm-hmm. And um, you're an incredible writer. Written expression is just easier, easier for me than, than anything else. And, you know, it's a kind of a contradiction because school wasn't easy. But I think that it's definitely a form of artistic expression. I think everybody has, no matter how, like, analytical you are, which I'm not, mm-hmm. um, that you have, you know, some sort of artistic gift, and that is... Say that again. You do have... Everyone has... Everyone has. Everyone has, a, you know, some sort of artistic gift. And if I you're, believe You're this. born with creativity. I believe yes. this. And it's just... I have people tell me all the time, I'm not creative. I don't understand how it works. No. Eh, there's some yeah, sort... There's some... It's, it's, it's there. somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel I'm definitely... I, I lean definitely toward towards the more creative side but I'm not you know you're a designer I'm not a you know I don't paint I don't draw I don't that's not you know I, I don't I'm not a potter I don't you know but writing is is my is where I find creativity and even if it is um, it is mind-blowing. I talk, I talk to people about how uh, amazing of a writer you are, but I, I have to share this story because I think that people don't understand to what level you're talking about being an incredible writer. Guys, I did not I, say incredible writer. That's okay. your words, yeah, not yeah, yeah, mine. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> clear that I got some talking going on. But let me tell you this. I, a few years ago, was fortunate enough to be on a team with Wynn's mother, who, if we're working, Lynn, and if we're off work, yummy, that's what the kids and everybody on the crew calls her. She built a beautiful home um, with uh, her husband in Greenwood, and it is just—it was—it was a dream. It was a lifetime for them of dreams, and I got to be on the team, and it was it, everything was amazing. But we were almost done with the project, which had been at that point two and a half years, mm-hmm. and we were sitting in your bedroom. That was really cool. That I got to like design a bedroom for you that would only be used, mm-hmm. you know, when you were in town. And you can imagine when you're moving in, you're like unpacking stuff. And Lynn comes to me and she pulls out like the um, writing um, journal, you know, or writing expo that you um, participated in when Mm -hmm. you were in middle school. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was like seventh or eighth grade. Mm -hmm. But I have chills telling you all this. But guys, Lynn handed me a poem that Lynn had written. And I, I told her how much it had touched me. She wrote a poem about a, a feeling in her life that was so large for a young person. And she used words to describe how she felt in a way that I was like, there's no way that she is 13 or 14 years old. I, I just, there's no way. And so when she says that she enjoys writing, it's because she's really good. But I'll never forget, you described your mother mm-hmm. in a Halston suit. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought I would just, it's like I could see it. And that's how you know, like you get the chills and like it was so emotional and it was driven, but it was so clearly articulated. I mean, girl, you know, I want you to write every day. That's period. But so guys, everybody listening, just wait. (laughs) If y'all ever have the opportunity to get exposed to her writing, you'll feel what I just tried to describe. You're so sweet. Uh, I love to write. Um, It's definitely not me. It's. It's, it's your favorite thing about you. <laughs> it's my favorite thing about me. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's definitely God-given. And any time that I sit down to write, when I think about writing that poem, it, it was, it's almost unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember writing that poem. Um, and last year, I wrote a letter um, that was really important to me. And I wanted to say, and I couldn't figure out what to say. And I just sat down and prayed about it. And it just all came out, three yeah. pages. I mean, and things like that, When um, it's not me. It's um, definitely God, um, God given, and I, I'm 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 grateful for it. I, I I love to write. Like I said, I don't do it as much as I as I want to, but I love to. Yeah. Well, and and again, I think with outlets that do that, what you're talking about, like you don't even know how it happens; it just starts happening. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard artists describe it the same way when they're painting. It's like they just it's like time evaporates, and they don't mm-hmm. they're not really trying to control it. It's just coming out. Right. So. Um, I really, I think that's a great answer for your favorite thing about mm-hmm. you. Um, all right, so we've got a zinger question Yikes. to conclude. You um, are well traveled. You mm-hmm. started traveling when you were a young person with your grandparents and your mom. That just makes me so happy. I've seen some great pictures and I've heard some awesome stories and and so on and so forth. It's like I want to know two parts to this, but. Because you're well-traveled, and I think that travel gives perspective that is the core basis of everything we've talked about today, which is perspective, Mm -hmm. that you cannot look at anyone else's journey and think it is yours or vice versa, Mm -hmm. and that you have to be in the moment where you are to appreciate God's love, Mm -hmm. because that's the love, that present-mindedness, which I think travel does for you. Yes. Of all the places that you have traveled, what is the single place that you would go back to for 10 minutes? Oh, if you had 10 minutes to literally jet set it and get there to feel whatever it was and it could be anything, but what is the single place that you could immediately go back to? I think Florence uh, is my favorite. What part of Florence though? Because I like really want people to know um, there are places in this world that my heart would explode to see again. uh, What is it? The, is it the Ponte Vecchia? That's the, um, probably, I mean, I just, that's a great one. Um, there, Google that. You, if everybody, if you I haven't been, I think it's the Ponte Vecchia. But um, any, you know, anywhere in Florence, I'm obviously like what a is, se- second. You? Well, I mean the food. The food. Oh, okay. <laughs> How did we get through this entire interview and not mention the fact that Will is a diehard? Foodie. Um, she's the only reason I know what to order at a restaurant. I order what she's not going to order. She narrows it down to two. I say, what are you ordering? She tells me. I say, what were you going to order? I order that. The food, you know, I love all the food in Italy, obviously. What's not to love? Um, but the, the regionally, it's all different. Florence was my favorite. It was a lot more um, kind of um, fresh vegetables and um, breads and um meats and cheeses and delicious wine and um you know when you're on the coast it's more seafood and I think that's delicious too I mean I could go on and on about the food but the food in Florence was insanely delicious and I just love the cobblestone streets the Mm -hmm. art is incredible um 
You loved all the visuals. Yes. The well, texture, the I could, color, yes, the I could architecture. Walk, I could, and, you know, obviously going out into, into the country and, you know, different parts of Tuscany um, is beautiful. But the city proper, I think, is just super, is super beautiful in itself. I'd go back. All right. So one of the reasons I ask that question to you is because I'm a firm believer, and I know that you are too, of putting it out in the universe. Oh, so, gosh. Yeah. So, sounds like Good. Ready. I'm sounds going like back you're headed to Italy. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. All right. I'm well, ready. Um, can I crawl in the suitcase? Because I, yes. like, I know who your sweet mate's going to be. Yes. It's not going to be me. <laughs> but I could be like down the hall, maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Well, thank you. I love you. I, love I appreciate you, you doing this. I cannot wait to just. I'm going to listen and listen and listen again. Yikes. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye. Bye.